Australia. How are you going, Hangout? It is NBA Australia. It is Monday, February 7, all day. Ah, oh, bro, it's the start of a new week. Are you excited? Yeah. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for whomst ever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet fighting stuff. Here in Larry Armour Studios in my Sean Kemp jersey because it's hotter than burglary. Hanging out. Giving you the lowdown on every single little bit of in and out of this NBA season. Every game covered. It's what we do, isn't it? And we're repping Strayer a bit. That's what we do, too. Tell you what, a couple of good games over the weekend for the Aussies. Also, though, trades, baby! Woo! We had the big one on Saturday. The Clippers going all in and the Blazers are basically like, pack her up, boys. Uh, Karras, my sweet baby, Carrots Levert. Is off to Cleveland. Cleveland! Uh, and the Nets are falling apart. James Harden for Ben Simmons? Question mark? Anyway, we've got all that and all the weekend's games in the NBA Australia game wraps and the weekend winners and losers. There's a juicy slab of that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate. Spud of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. Dickhead of the weekend. There's yeah, Nas. There's the unpopular opinion of the day. There's Outback Takehouse, where we're serving up a flame girl take. And of course, Australian Player Watch, the Andrew Gray's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence, and the NBA Australia Game Previews and Picks for tomorrow. We are smashing picks at the moment. Uh, and we'll finish up with a brand new Giddy Review. That's right, the uh, Giddily Positive Reviews for Giddily Positive People with Josh Giddy. It's going to be fun. It's a good one. It's a bond. Anyway, let's get into it. Episode 752 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, you better! Especially if you're Kyrie. Uh, it's nice to see Shaq going at him as well. If you're on my team and you can't play home games, I don't want you around. Like, we have a chance to win. If you ain't on the program, go somewhere else, period. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, no shit. Well said, Shaq, I guess. Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. Boom. As mentioned, the Clippers and Blazers. Trades. I love it. Clippers, Blazers. This is a uh, fascinating one as it sort of rolled across. You're like, ah, so the Blazers are just giving up, huh? Okay, cool. (laughs) Jesus. So the Clippers pack up Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second rounder from the Pistons uh, off to Portland in exchange for Norm Powell and uh, Lord Robert Covington, who has uh, been a giant spud. Enjoy that experience, Clippers fans. Uh, but Norm's awesome, obviously. Uh, so the Clippers get rid of basically, you know, a half-decent prospect in Keon Johnson, a second rounder, and a uh, salary dump. Ville, basically, for the Blazers, right? Like Powell and Covington. Covington's a free agent after this season. Norm signed a five-year, $90 million contract this past offseason with the Blazers. And so the Blazers are like, oh, yeah, we don't want to pay that. So uh, how about we just salary dump it over to LA? We'll take Keon Johnson and roll from there. Because uh, obviously, like, Eric Bledsoe has that weird contract where, like, only a sort of quarter of it is actually guaranteed for next season, so... Uh, get you off some money, especially for a team like the Blazers at the moment, who are very bad. Uh, I'll talk about this in Weekend Winners and Losers further. Karras, he's off to Cleveland. Cleveland! Which I love. Uh, to Indy, in exchange for my sweet baby Karras Levert and a 2022 second rounder via Miami. Uh, Indy get Ricky Tiki Tata, Ricky Rupi, oh, and his expiring contract. Remember, he's out for the rest of the season with an ACL. Not great. Uh, lottery protected 2022 first rounder and two second round first round uh, two second round picks, which is uh, look a lottery protected first rounder for this year. Sure, not bad considering how good Cleveland have been. Cleveland that could be a pretty crappy pick, and you get Karras. I love it. Hashtag spoiler alert. I love this. So I'll talk about that later. Other sort of news rattling around: Washington are kicking the tires on uh, Demarcus Sabonis, the Suvlaki King. Oh, yeah, just easy on the uh, tomatoes, but I'll have the combination of meat. Thanks, tomatoes, mate. Uh, so apparently, 
And I loved how specific this report was. Washington have submitted an offer and are waiting to hear back. <laughs> we sent an email. We're waiting to hear back. <laughs> Do you want tomatoes? I love it. That's so good. Uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, it does feel like this is the Wizards going, no, seriously, Brad Bill, we're going to be good. Please stay. Please. Please don't ask to be traded. Uh, and actually, in you know my brain, considering they spent all that money on uh, Devish Pathans, hello, look at my stupid damage beard. The Wizards have backed themselves into a corner, but getting someone like the Suvlaki King really opens things up a bit more. Like if he and Beal work and you've got a couple of you young dudes, a couple of your role players still left, depending on what you have to send back for Suvlaki King, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. So let's do that. Let's see that happen, Washington. What are you doing? Ah, the news. Patch Williams. My man, Pat Williams. Could be back sometime this season for the Chicago Bulls, according to Billy Donovan. Love that. This is also one of those ones that's like, ah, we uh, we love him. We're not going to trade him. And this is going to be our deadline move. Just a heads up, Bulls fans. It kind of found, it kind of sounds like that. Other news, Spolstra, Eric Spolstra, the Heat, have uh, basically locked in the fact that their, their coaching staff are going to be uh, coaching the All-Star game, the East, or Team Durant, I guess, uh, in the All-Star game. So that's kind of nice. How pissed would you be, though? Eric Spolstra? And that coaching staff are like, oh, wicked, we've got like the all-star break coming. Oh, fuck, we've got to go to Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland! It's like, where, where are Miami? I could have just stayed home and been warm. Now I've got to go get fucking frozen in Cleveland. Cleveland! Unbelievable. And, of course, the big news that popped off on the weekend. Ben Simmons, James Harden, there were reports. A.K.A. there was one report from Shams. Uh, who's obviously basically not so much a reporter as a bag carrier uh, for Clutch Sports, which is pretty great. Um, But he's basically said and written a pretty big story for The Athletic. There's expectations that the 76ers and Nets will engage in dialogue and a deal around Ben Simmons for James Harden. Uh, Essentially, this sort of comes around from the vibe that the Sixers are expected to pursue Harden. And the Nets are now open to discussing a deal. That was the big mic drop moment on Saturday. And, uh, spur, you know, spurred on a lot of uh, think pieces. A lot of uh, dubious quality comments. <laughs> all that good stuff. And, I mean, you look at it and it sort of did sort of seem to signal at least a bit of a change in the Nets' uh, approach to this entire Harden saga. And obviously, like, we know that the Sixers and Daryl Morey specifically fucking, like, just have a giant hard-on for James Harden, right? Fat man hoop, Brooklyn clan! And then today, we have James Harden being referred to by Steve Nash as saying, like, we're not trading him. What are you talking about? I've spoken to James Harden, and he wants to stay. We're not going to trade him. And it's like, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so... It's a bit tricky. So Steve says, Steve Nash says, I've talked to James Harden. James wants to be here. Okay. <laughs> so where does this leave us? Uh, wherever you want to read in between whatever lines. Like Steve Nash says the Nets won't be trading Harden. Uh, Shams carrying a whole bunch of fucking water for Clutch and Ben Simmons says, oh, no, nah, I've heard the Nets are actually want him. And Daryl Morrow, it's Harden. So, I mean, it's just going to happen. So, colour me sceptical. Right. With all that in mind, let's do some game reps and some weekend winners. Game reps, 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 game reps. From the weekend, it was a crazy weekend. There were so many good games. Cleveland. Cleveland. Snuck over the top of Charlotte 102-101 in a fucking insane game that made zero sense. If you didn't go back and watch this already, you should. Uh, 29 and 22 for Go the Fro, Jared Allen. Chaos. Kevin Love hits free throws at the end on like a weird phantom foul. And <laughs> just like, what the fuck is just going on in this game? Like, gets a half offensive rebound. There's like some weird phantom foul called on him. Hits the free throws. Cleveland. Cleveland! End up winning. But it also came after like earlier in the game. There was like a phantom three point shot. 
that turned into a four-point play because the play had been whistled dead after uh, someone stepped out of bounds. Ed Davis sort of grabbed one of the players who was on the bench and hadn't played, grabbed, uh, I think, Terry Rose, and the refs were like, oh, well, no, that basket now counts, and you get a tech foul because your bench dude touched a player. It's like, but the play was dead. And they came out after and said, and yeah, we fucked that up. So, uh, tell you what, if you were betting on that game, <laughs> you'd be fucking ropeable. Anyway, um, I think it's okay if you're betting Cleveland because they were uh, underdogs. But either way, big crazy win for Cleveland. You love to see it. Boston, they held on to beat Detroit 102-93. Uh, a couple of their dudes firing in that one. It was a uh, very handy win. For the Celtics in that game. Because this is the thing. The Celtics, and I'm going to talk about them in weekend winners and losers. You still kind of don't trust them. Like, they had this game in the bag. And then the Pistons sort of just came flying back out of them from nowhere. And uh, you're kind of like, oh, God, I got... Nah, it's okay. And they end up hanging on by nine. Uh, Tatum is just like... Game in, game out. You don't know what you're going to get at the moment. It's like this weird sort of mix of wildly inefficient, okay scoring games... And then just wildly inefficient, bad scoring games, punctuated by moments of fucking brilliance where you're like, he's incredible. And Jalen Brown is basically the same. It's fucking weird. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder's been playing out of his ass as well. So, Anyway, Chicago took care of Indy. You had Vooch and Karras going hammer and tongs. Well, Vooch had 35-17. and 17. And my sweet baby Karras Levert in his final game as an Indiana Pacer. I should try to get some of those uh, discount Karras Pacers jerseys now, shouldn't I? Uh, Karras went for 42. He was massive. But they lost because Chicago are good. Atlanta! They lost an awesome game against Toronto. I was watching all of this one too. Two teams like kind of on their last legs having played a shit ton of games. And Toronto just sort of outlasted them. 125-114. Big win. 33 for Siakam. He had like 20 points in the first quarter. It was nuts. Houston! They got their asses handed to them by San Antonio. 131-106, big third quarter for the Spurs, and they ran away with it. Brooklyn got absolutely handled by Utah. 125-102, no Harden. Oh, my hammy's now sore, man. Donovan Mitchell comes back, dropped 27. Utah ran over the top of them. The Pelicans took care of Denver. Now, if you listen to Friday's show, you might remember I predicted that. Denver uh, were sort of just hanging around for a couple of disappointing losses. They copped it, then they turned it around today against those Nets. Uh, but the Pals, with Spindles Ingram back, and the big man, the big Lithuanian, my name is Jonas Valanciunas out there, they look pretty sneaky okay. We're going to talk about them again later as well. Uh, but Spindles, like, Herb Jones was massive in that Nuggets game. He had 18 points in the fourth quarter. I just wanted to say that. Love me some Herb Jones. Like, that dude is a mad dog. <laughs> he really is. And it's awesome. Give me all the Herb Jones. Uh, what else happened in that one? Yeah, that was like the Pels just handled it. And like with Jonas and Spindles and then Herb going off, fuck yeah, give me that. Uh, Philly lost in Dallas, 107-98. Luka was awesome in this one, 33-13 and 15 against Embiid's 27-13. and And Philly just kind of gave up the ghost a little bit in Dallas at the end. Weirdly enough, the same sort of thing happened against Atlanta today for the Mavs. Just saying. OKC beat Portland. Uh-oh, 96-93, daughter attack. 23 points for him. That was awesome. Sunday, we had Memphis taking care of Orlando, 135-115. That's a shit pumping. 33-5-7 for Jar. He was awesome. Miami beat Charlotte. Well, they beat the pants of a Charlotte, 104-86. Jimmy Butler was 27-6-4. He was wicked Bam! Out of bio was bloody good too. Charlotte just, uh, wheels are off sometimes. You get that on the big jobs. Phoenix, uh, return to the winner circle, 95 over Washington, 80. Oh boy, that's a big bad loss for the Wiz. Then there was the classic, Lakers-Knicks. What a game! The Knicks got up 23 on the Lakers, and in the second half, the Lakers just kind of eked it all the way back. Eek, eek, eek. And then they're up nine in the fourth quarter. The Knicks fall back at the end. They get it to overtime and then boom. The Lakers just push them out of the way. That was a gnarly game. It was so insane. Milwaukee, they took care of Portland in Portland, 137-108, because all Milwaukee do at the moment is kick-ass take names. They are fucking on one. Bobby Portis fighting. Bobby Portis fighting around the world at 34-5. and five. OKC lost in Sacramento. 
I picked this one as well because OKC are on a back-to-back. Uh, Giddy up, though. Josh Giddy, a new career high. 24 points. He was awesome. But, uh, yeah, just on a back-to-back. Too young. Too inexperienced. Sacramento ran away with it. And then today, Philly bounce back from the loss against Dallas. They go to Chicago and take care of the Bulls. 119-108. Despite DeMar DeRozan going for 45 points. He was incredible. On the flip side, Joel Embiid. 40, 10, and 3. He was awesome. Awesomer? Yes. <laughs> Detroit lost in Minnesota, 118-105, because Cats smashed him 24 and 12. Brooklyn, as mentioned, got beaten by Denver, 124-104. Kyrie had a 27-11, but geez, the Joker with the 27-12 and 10 triple dubs. You love it. And then, of course, Cleveland. Cleveland! The Cavalanche. The Cavalanche over the top of the Pacers. The teams who just had a trade. Karras rocked up. He was there, and it's like, guess what, Karras? You're now a Cav. And he's like, oh, fucking neat. I don't have to go anywhere. Anyway, 19-zip run by the Cavs. Take the lead in this game. Like, Kevin loves throwing behind-the-back dimes. The place was going fucking apeshit. It was awesome. A 37-17 fourth quarter by the uh, Cavs. And Cleveland, Cleveland rocks. What a game. 98-85, they won that. Boston took care of Orlando, uh, 116-83. Pretty close to the first half. A couple of uh, scoring drills for the Celtics, but uh, they held on. 26 Jalen Brown. Atlanta and Dallas played a not exactly a pretty game in the second half, but it was fun. <laughs> Isn't that what we're all here for? The Mavs win at 103-94. Reggie Bullock, sniper alert! Woke up and absolutely smashed it. You had both of their point guards playing with five fouls. It was absolute chaos, and they managed to hold on just because Atlanta, for the second game straight, were ice fucking cold. It was wild. They went for five for 25 from downtown, the Hawks. Yeesh. Uh, meanwhile, Reggie Bullock went for 22. He, went, he hit more threes than the entire Hawks. He went six of 10 from downtown, the Hawks, five of 25. Big win. Luke had another triple-double, even with the five fouls. His orchestration sort of towards the end on offense, you're like, God damn. As soon as the Mavs role players actually hit some shots, like, God, they're hard to beat. Anyway, that's the least threes the Hawks have hit in a game all season. New Orleans took care of Houston, 121-07. Spindles was awesome. Again, 33 points, 12 assists. Pretty close early on, then the Pals sort of just stretched them out later. Uh, and then finally, Millie Walker, back-to-back games where they've scored 137 points on the road, and this was in a back-to-back. Unbelievable. They beat the Clippers 137-113. The Clippers were with them, and then they weren't. The Bucks just kicked it into overdrive. Drew Holiday just went, nah, fuck his. Nice comeback, bro. I'm going to score like seven points straight in no time. Fuck you. Boom. Clippers put in the uh, reserves. Away we go. The Bucks, they're going to lead off. Weekend winners. Oh, my God. I won! I won! <laughs> Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is me, me Ken Brockman. We're going to shut him There we go. Ah, oh, yes. The Millie Walk A. I hear it's Algonquin for the Goodland Bucks. They are the first weekend winners because they're fucking awesome. As I said, back-to-back 137-point games on the road. That is gnarly. They look awesome. They're now 34 and 21. They've won three on the trot. The thing is, they just look more dangerous than any other team in the East, right? Like, Philly have those weird, shitty off games. Like, Philly even tried to lose that game to Chicago today. Like, they were kicking the fuck out of them and then sort of just kind of slowly crapped the bed, but then steadied. Uh, The Cavs are young. The Bulls are dealing with injuries. The Heat, look... They are probably the most threatening to the Bucks as well. But, man, give me, like, a awesome Eastern Conference Finals between the Heat and the Bucks, and I'd be happy. Uh, but the Bucks look like the most sort of complete... Like, even with their sort of glaring hole at center, they still look like the most sort of dangerous game-to-game sort of team. And then you saw it these last two games. So, definitely weekend winners. The Lakers! The Lakers! The Lakers stink! But not this weekend. Uh, their winners, not just because they got the Le- LeBron back, and he had a triple-double on his return. And they came back from 23 points down to beat the Knicks in overtime. Uh, even though they blew a no-point lead in the fourth. It was an incredible game. Like, RJ Barrett's run at the end was awesome. But the Lakers pulled it off because Ariza hit a big three out of fucking nowhere. 
the desiccated corpse of Trevor Reza just out there hitting threes still somehow. But Malik Monk is wildly handy. AD, and they get over the top of them in OT. But really, their win is because Frankie Vogel had the balls to bench Rusty Westbrook again when he was shit. And I don't want to underplay this. That's pretty fucking big. Like, that's wildly hard as a coach, right? Like, it's a former MVP, a bloke who's had, like, an entire franchise built around him for times, and you're, like, sitting there going, Russell, you're playing like shit. Sit the fuck down. And he's like, all right. <laughs> and Rusty did come out and say all the good thing, like the right things after the game. He's like, hey, man, as long as we get the win, I don't give a shit. So, yeah, that's a very good way to approach this, Russell, uh, because if uh, <laughs> you keep playing this way, you're going to be sitting a lot more, and uh, they might have a chance to win if you're not out there shitting the bed. But anyway, big weekend for the, the Lakers where they sort of wildly vacillate between that crazy one-point loss to the Clippers before the weekend, and then they take care of the Knicks in insane fashion. And if you're a Lakers fan, like, just the whiplash of, like, how excited and disappointed you are game to game must be nuts. Speaking of LA, let's talk about these trades. The Clippers, I love it! Weekend winners. I love them going, fuck it, let's spend all of Steve Ballmer's money. I don't even care. And really, what does it even matter to Steve Ballmer? That motherfucker's got more money than God. So now, and you saw it, like, it was a bit of an interesting one today. Like, obviously, you incorporating new dudes, but Norm Powell was awesome for them because he's kind of exactly what they need. A better, more experienced like version of some of their young dudes like Amir Coffey and Brandon Boston Jr. Like the spark plug, filler up, catch and shoot, off he goes, you know, wing. And Covington as well, right? Like that's, as if you've seen him play lately, you're like, hang on a second, he's shit. But the theory of Robert Covington at least helps your team. <laughs> but I just like the moves, right? Because it keeps their helps them keep their heads above water for this season because there's zero point for the Clippers to be tanking, right? Because they owe all their picks uh, to everybody else except themselves. And they're also like kind of loaded for bear this season just in case Paul George or Kawhi <laughs> actually manage to make it back. Like it sounds like... Paul George's elbow probably won't let him come back this year. I do like that it went from like, oh, we'll rest it and we'll see how we go to, he's out another month to, he's probably done for the season. (laughs) Jesus. And Kawhi with the knee, you never know. But just say that they actually do come back a little bit ahead of schedule. You've now got like a pretty fucking like solid spine on that team. And I guess that's also the good part for it. Like they've got, Norm Powell added to that team for next year. You've still got, like, most of your dudes. Like, it just sort of feels pretty bloody good. And they gave up fuck all to do it, because, like, Eric Bledsoe sucks. And, oh, no, Keon Johnson, what are we going to do? Not not Keon Johnson. They've got a bunch of young dudes anyway, so off they go. And you saw it today. Weekend winner, Norm! Norm Powell gets to come home to Cali. He loved that. He's excited, and he lit it up today. That was awesome. He absolutely went ham. He's like, now I'm a clipper. We're playing the Bucks. I'm just going to take over this game. And he had 28 points off the bench. I love Norm Powell. That's great. Uh, weekend winners. I mean, Portland got under the luxury tax. So enjoy that, Blazers fans. Spoiler alert. You're going to pop up again in a second. Cleveland! Cleveland! A weekend winners. I had to do it. And I love this option because we've talked and talked and talked and talked about how oh, all Cleveland need. Cleveland! He's like a scoring guard. Why don't you get Eric Gordon? It's like, because he's kind of shit a bunch of times. And he's, look, he's built like a bowling ball. He's got a head like a bowling ball. That's fine. And he's been in big games. He's also old and injury prone. Sweet sweet carrots over here. Like, yeah, injury prone a little bit as well. But 27, I love him. So I think folks who look at the carrots trade as weird because they've got this vibe of him as a ball stopper have just not that like spent that much time watching Karis LeVert. Because, look, he's young. He's under contract for another year. He's perfect next to Darius Garland as a release valve and a shooter and a Swiss Army sort of dude on D. And also, it means you can wait out Sexton because you've not like sacrificed much to get like an old-ass Eric Gordon and sort of go, oh, okay. So you can still have like your dynamic backcourt score in Sexton next year. And depending on what contract he gets from somewhere else or what you guys sort of work out this offseason, 
You can pay it if you want. You can pay it if you don't want it. You've now got sweet baby carrots. He's exactly what they needed. Long, rangy, can shoot. Even though he doesn't sort of like blow you away with like the numbers, like it sort of feels like he's been... Like if you don't know the story of Karis LeVert, like he lost like two and a half years of like college uh, due to foot injuries. So it's like when we say 27, it's a young 27, you know? Anyway, but I love him. I love him and I think he's going to be a great fit in Cleveland. I think that's a great weekend win. And same goes for Karis LeVert. He's a weekend winner. What a score. Gets the fuck out of Indy. Gets to a contender with his mate, Jared Allen. And my favorite part of this entire trade is that Karis LeVert and Jared Allen could end up as a better seed than the Nets in the East and James Harden, the dude they were traded for, and go further in the playoffs. You'd hate to see it. (laughs) I love it. So good job, Karis. Speaking of the Cavs, Kevin Love. He's a weekend winner. He's out there playing the best ball of his Cleveland career, basically. Cleveland! He's awesome. Uh, Hit the two game-winning free throws, as mentioned. Uh, Doing some great shit in the game today. He is lighting it up. And how happy is that guy that he has fucking hated being there in Cleveland for like the last, what, two years? And then, bang, out of nowhere, he's like on a contender again in the same spot. I love it. Great job, Kevin Love. The Celtics are weekend winners. They're cruising now. Five straight wins. I talked about them earlier, right? Like, they're winning these games despite, like, the wildly vacillating uh, output of Jalen and Jason because they're sort of just doing enough. And I think this weekend, they're obviously weekend winners. they got the two wins, but they beat Detroit. They beat Orlando. Jimmy, they should beat them. Yes, but that shows that they're now a little bit more focused. Because earlier this season, there was a 100% of a million chance that they blew one or both of those games, right? But Jalen and Tatum are both looking good. Smart's been balling. Uh, the Time Lord is staying healthy. Richo's been good. He wasn't great on the weekend, but like they're rolling. Like should I finish Shruda is playing himself uh off this team. Because <laughs> the Celtics, they basically need to get a what, another million or so off the salary to get under the luxury tax, which would be massive for them. And uh I mean, it's sort of like one of those ones where you're gonna go, okay, so we're gonna say goodbye to Enos Freedom. I don't know, but the Celtics they're cruising. Big weekend for them. Toronto, same vibe. Here they fucking come. They've been awesome. Five straight wins for them. Freddie Van Vliet's an all-star. He's got 87 kids. But they took care of Atlanta when both of those teams were like, felt like punch drunk. They'd played so much. They're both dead on legs. And Toronto just ran over the top of them in the end. And that was massive. So good weekend for Toronto. The Pelicans, same vibe. They held their nerve against the Rockets today and also took it to Denver. And Herb, how bloody good was Herb? in that win against Denver, 18 points in the fourth quarter. But the thing is, like they started the season, you might remember this, like on pace to be the worst team in NBA history, and they're now in the play-in tournament. Like they're in the 10th spot. That is incredible. And they could very easily make a move for like CJ McCollum. And if Zion eventually comes back, who fucking knows what's happening there? They could be a really fun smoky down the stretch. I love it. Let's go be the Pelicans. Not the Pelicans. The Wolves weekend winners. Uh, they're three games above 500 for the first time since uh, they started seven and four in 2018. Yeesh! Just think about that for a second. That is horrifying, isn't it? Oh man, yeah. Nah, we started seven and four. <laughs> I mean, sure, they've just got like a couple of wins over the Pistons under their belts, but they did take care of the Nuggets and the Jazz last week, so they're rolling full straight. Good job. 28 and 25. Feel good about yourselves, Wolves fans. And finally, Dallas. Big weekend. Beat the Sixers in really convincing sort of fashion late. And then did the exact same thing to Atlanta uh, with Luka and Brunson in foul trouble. Reggie Bullock playing his ass off. Like, they just kind of got enough everywhere. And their defense is kind of just good enough and sort of locks in exactly when they need them to. To Like, like you never feel confident watching Dallas. But they continually pull games out of their ass. And to be honest, that's pretty okay. <laughs> like, as long as you're racking up wins, like, that's good. Like, Philly are like the opposite. They sort of have these weird games where they look like the best team in the NBA and then shit the bed precipitously. And it's like, oh, my God, what has happened to this? Anyway, so that's a big weekend. So having lost those two horrible games last week to the Magic and the Thunder, the Mavs turn around and beat two very, very, very good teams in the Hawks and the Sixers. 
and they're kind of back and rolling. So good stuff. Love that. Let's do some weekend losers, though. We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Loser. Loser. Losers. Ah, Charlotte. What do we do with you? That Cavs game was insane. But they shouldn't have, like, even, you know, gotten there in the end. Uh, They lose to the Celtics. They lose to the Clippers. They get smashed by the Heat. Uh, They're now 28 and 26. They've lost four in a row. This is what they do. (laughs) This is how I describe them. It's how I've described them all season. They'll win four, lose four. Win three, lose three. Win two, lose two. Win one, lose one. They don't do things in, like, singles. You know, there's always a pair, at least. Unbelievable. They just love to go streaking. We're going streaking through the quad! Kind of vibes. I mean, they did lose to the Magic, and that was like their one weird loss in like an eight-game stretch. But anyway, my point still stands. Uh, They're just a strange, strange team at the moment, and they sort of just don't know who they are right now because like Hayward, Bridges, LaMelo, Rose, PJ Hamilton, Washington, like it's fine, but... If Kelly Oubre is not filling up, and like if your team hangs on like the performance of Kelly Oubre, I don't know if your team's any good. Like how like Hayward, he's gonna pop up against Spud of the Night, but he had a shit game against Miami. And they just kind of never got into it. They got outscored in the third quarter of that Miami game, though. 35 to 8. Yeah, that'll get you on weekend losers. What are you doing, Charlotte? It kills me. I love the Hornets. I want them good, but this is what they do. They love to go streaking. The refs are weekend losers. That insane four-point swing against the fucking Cavs was just insane. And, like, they sort of came out like straight away and went, yeah, we fucked up. It's like, what is going on here? Indiana are losers. Oh, but Jimmy, man, they got something for Karis LeVert. Yeah, they got it protected first. That's fine. I don't know, though. Like, it just feels like Indy have no real sense of who they want to be and without TJ Warren this year, without, um, you know, Miles Turner for a big stretch, big chunks of no Malcolm Brogdon, it feels like this team never had a chance. And, like, to just boot Karras off and just go, oh, fuck it, we need to get something. Just it's a bit shit. <laughs> so here's hoping they get a lot for uh, the Suvlaki King, right? Because, I mean, getting literally run over by the Cavalanche, that was a rough way to end the weekend. The Hawks, same vibes, really tough weekend. They've been putting it together. They'd been awesome. Then they ran into a buzzsaw uh, on the weekend that was the Raptors and the Mavs. And cold shooting just completely fucked the Hawks in both. I mean, as I mentioned, 5 of 25. And uh, they had giant stretches that Hawks had the Raptors game that the Hawks just couldn't hit a shot. So, yeah, tough weekend for them. But they had sort of put it all together after the Cam Reddish trade. And, yeah, you're going to have these hiccups. So, tough weekend for the Hawks. Same with the Knicks. What are you doing, Knicks? You're up 23. You're up 23. You don't lose that game. You then came back from nine to force overtime and then got shit pumped in the overtime. <laughs> what are you doing? They're 24 and 29. The, like, the Knicks and the Wizards, who are the next one, like, what are their hopes of making the play-in tournament at this point? Because I can't imagine they're great. <laughs> like, they've got to crawl past... Like, or maybe Brooklyn just keep fucking plummeting. And anyway, uh, but I mean, the Hawks are still just ahead of the Wiz and the Knicks. There's only a game separating all those teams. And then you got a couple of games up to like the Hornets and the Celtics and the Nets, right? And the Raps. So good job for the Raptors. They're now up into the top six. Um, but, ugh, Knicks. It just feels like the Russell Westbrook traders right there. Just go ahead and do it. The Wizards, as mentioned, they just got punched in the nuts by the Suns and just completely obliterated because there was like a nice little moment where the they came out and they pulled that win out of their ass against the Sixers and you're like oh wow maybe they're not so bad considering they just let six on the trot but no they're still bad <laughs> the Wizards still suck Portland alright here we go re-up uh, so they were weekend winners but they're also weekend losers because what a shit show I mean it's just a anytime you're like oh well we still got Keon Johnson like, all right, bro. It was the 20, 21st pick, what, last year? Cool. Uh, salary dump, rad. But what kills me is if you go and just track the assets 
and the asset dumping now of what the Blazers uh, have sort of encapsulated in the last sort of four or five years, it's just mind-boggling. Like, the two first-rounders for Robert Covington, who then rocked up and played like shit. Uh, the trade of Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. for Norm Powell is just looks fucking horrible now because you've traded a 23-year-old Gary Trent essentially for, like, a fucked-up Eric Bledsoe and Keon Johnson. And you've given away two firsts for Covington. Like, it is just absolute chaos. Like, this entire thing of we're going all in for Damon CJ and then getting so little in return for dudes that cost them so much. Like, I understand that sunk costs are sunk, but it's just still a fucking disaster <laughs> if you're a Blazers fan, right? And they just got belted by OKC Milwaukee. So, yeah, rough weekend. Tank time, baby. Fire them up, Portland. And, of course, finally, Brooklyn. They've lost eight straight. They're in the seventh seed. They stink. Kyrie can play in two more games until February 26. It's February 7. Oh, nah, man. Oh, it's all fine. Like, it might work out. He's playing two more games for the rest of the fucking month, basically. That's insane. They've dropped from the first seed to a play-in spot after, like, KD goes out. That's how much has changed. Eight-game losing streak. The Nets, you're a joke, and your weekend loses. All right, let's do an NBA Australia Proof Performance of the Weekend, however. Get it, you know, feeling nice and positive again. <laughs> That's not a knife. Oh, that's a knife. What a weekend for big performances. Karis LeVert, the 42, he was amazing. Shot 19-26 in that indie game. 29 points, 22 rebounds for go the fro. Jared Allen, Karis' old mucker. Love that. Joel Embiid, 40-10 versus DeMar's 45. That was wicked. Uh, The Joker comes exceedingly close to doing back-to-back triple-doubles. He was unreal, was the Joker. And he had, what, 25, 12, and 9 against the Pals, 27, 12, and 10 against the Nets. And Luca, of course, had the back-to-back triple dubs. 33, 13, and 15, and then 18, 10, and 11. I think we have to go with Luca and Joker here for the NBA Australia Pro Performances of the weekend. That was gnarly, but I love the Embiid versus DeMar. I don't know if you saw that one because it was like an early game today. But goddamn, it was fun as hell. And the Sixers trying their hardest to shit the bed in that game, and Embiid going, nah, we're probably going to still win. Was pretty good. Spud of the weekend. Spud, 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 Benny McLemore against OKC. He went 0 of 7 in 17 minutes. And as I mentioned, Gordon Hayward was brutal against Miami. 0 of 7. And then a couple of other ones. We had uh, Bloodsport going 1 of 9 against the Yaz. It's a soft J. Duncan Robinson. I like to have a beer with Duncan. When he fucking next hits a shot. 1 of 9 against Charlotte. Uh, But either way. Kuzma 3 of 12 against Phoenix. And then bring your mum's best mate. Forbes goes 2 of 11. Tell you what is uh, a little bit better than 2 of 11, though. Woo! Yeah, that's right. 3 of 11 for Big Beef Stew and Juzzy Holiday. And today, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. 3 of 11 for his 10 points. You love to see it. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 2 of 10 against the Mavs. But you know what's worse than 2 of 10? How about 1 of 10? Oh, yeah, Jimmy, that's a bit bad, eh? Well, that's what Rusty went for. He had 10, 1 and 10. It was unbelievable. They won the game somehow. Uh, mainly because, you know, they sort of pulled out of their ass. But that Lakers-Knicks game was so much fun. Like, it was so wildly fun. And Rusty being shit and getting booed was just like an other, like another awesome wrinkle. He had five points. He went 1 of 10. He was hitting the side of the fucking backboard. He had six assists, four turnovers. He was horrible. He was minus 15 in a game they won by seven. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And that's where it leads us to... 
Oh mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? It might be the bloke who's like, oh, when I play bad, you guys ask me a shit ton of questions. Then when I shoot the ball well, I don't hear too many of those. Yeah, because when you play like shit, people are going to go, hey, what was up with you? You play like shit. (laughs) I mean, come on. Uh, But this was crazy because, like, Rusty was on the bench in the fourth quarter when the Lakers got in, like, got the lead back. Like, they got up six. Rusty comes back in. And Vogel is just like, oh, I think Rusty might cost us this game and then sits in for overtime (laughs) because he's just like, that was horrible. Sit the fuck down. He had zero points. Missed his only like shot that he took and went 0 of 2 from the free throw line and had no other statistics. So when he came back in that fourth quarter, right? It precipitated a 16 to 10 Knicks run that ended regulation. He came in, unbelievable, and shit it. And then Vogue just goes, fuck it. LeBron AD, Malik Monk, Ariza, and THT instead of Rusty. Amazing in the air. Then Rusty's out there going, well, would I play bad? You ask me lots of questions. When I play good, you die. Like, okay, Russell. Okay. <laughs> Get used to sitting on that bench. Pantsing of the night. Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Mo Bumba, take all that. That was a great call by Scal. Brian Scalabrini, the ginger mumba. He got got, did Mo Bumba, by Jalen Brown. It's like Brown, like Jalen just sort of stayed up there and like an extra beat longer and kind of almost hugged him as he was, like, whipping the ball at his head. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a pantsing. Who is better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I got two standout ones from this weekend for better than Lonzo Ball. Uh, number one was Herb Jones, who I've already talked about at length here. Uh, but 18 points in the fourth quarter. To get that win over Den was massive. Like, you know, a rookie second rounder. He put up a fucking career high. He went for 25. He was awesome. He shot 8 of 10 from the floor, 3 of 4 from downtown, 6 of 6 at the line, 25 points, 2 rebounds, 2 steals, 18 points, gets him the win. Herb, you legend. And Jalen Brunson is the other one. Uh, obviously, look, you know, I love me some Jalen Brunson, and it's kind of fun to see that everybody else is sort of keyed in uh, to Jalen Brunson over the sort of last 12 months. And, like, this is one of those big sort of advantages of playing NBA fantasy, I think, because, like, if you were on Jalen Brunson last year, you knew that he was, like, a fucking gun. And if he played more, uh, that would sort of translate, right? So against the Hawks, he rips off a 22-5-5, and uh, shot 9 of 14 from the floor and 4 of 5 from downtown, including basically the three that was like, all right, pack her up, boys, and just sent Atlanta on their way. Like, just the absolute dagger of all daggers. Um, but that's kind of it, right? Like, he was playing with five fouls and just had the fucking balls to take them all the way down the stretch. He had 19, 5 and 4 against Philly on the weekend as well. He shot 7 of 15 in that one. Uh He's just a legend. And, like, this is the weird thing. You're going to hear so much about him in, the, like, the next, what, 12 months because the Mavs are going to be sort of weirdly having to try to pay him and they're going to see what happens. And it's weird. He was awesome. And he's nuggety. I love a dude who's nuggety. He just looks nuggety. Give me some more Jalen Brunson. He's awesome. And he and Herb Jones this weekend were both better than Lonzo Ball. Finally, dickhead of the weekend. Dickhead of the week! Kens, I'm keeping a positive mindset that anything can happen these next few days and the next week. Just crossing my fingers, something can come up either before All-Star break or just after. So I'm definitely keeping a positive attitude in that sense. Said Kyrie Irving. Seemingly not understanding the simple fact that a positive mindset, you know what you could just do? Get fucking vaccinated, you idiot! Jesus! What a fucking dead shit. Alright, let's do some Yanaz right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington. 
or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Nas. They're brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East North Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, it's still beautiful weather out there. So you better get some booze, get around it, but don't go to the bottle shop and get the Omicron. Bring the bottle shop to you at thedailyliquor.com. They've got beers, the wines, the cocktails, everything you need, and they'll drop it off at your door, Rona-free. And the best bit is, if you bang in the code STRAYA, you get a free six-pack of that delicious Dos Blocos XPA, and away you go. Seriously, you've got everything you need. It's Melbourne metro area. You get same-day delivery if you order before noon. So smash the dailyliquor.com right now. Bang in that code Strayer and get a free sixer on your mate Jimmy. Right, some here Nas. Uh, let's start with the NBA one, the big one. Will the Nets trade Harden? Will they? Will they? Yeah, nah. Oh, I've just gone back and forth on this. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, maybe if they... They might be able to get a bigger return right now, I think, if they did. But I'm also going to say nah, because I just think there's a little bit too much pressure internally from the Nets, across KD, across Kyrie, that if you've got this big three, you've paid so much to get this big three, that you need to give them a fucking chance to play together. Because <laughs> it's just not happened. And like once KD gets in his ear, you know that Harden's going to be like, all right, let's have a crack. We'll figure this out in the offseason, right? And I think that's when it all happens. I think the problem will be like this offseason when it gets very real and the Nets are sort of backed up against the wall because like Harden, if he doesn't, you know, demand to be traded because he can, he can opt out, but he can also opt into next year and then sign an extension with uh, wherever he ends up, right? So, so the Nets can play hardball because there's no one out there with cap space. So you'd end up talking a sign and trade basically anyway, but you want to sort something out so you get a, as much of a return as you can. So I think just where this lands is that they let it go for this season. Harden, as you heard Steve Nash talk about, oh, no, James wants to stay. Okay. Uh, It just seems like Harden fucking hates Kyrie, and so he should. But it's also, it seems like the uh, play style for Harden just doesn't quite mesh with, like, Kyrie and KD and, like, the sort of uh, more free-flowing, do-what-you-feel kind of vibes. Whereas Harden's like, you know, the walk-it-up, methodical, get-to-the-line, and yeah, it doesn't seem like it's meshing. But either way, look, I think they'll try to uh, make it work for this season, and then in the off-season, they'll maybe sign and trade him for Simo and try to recoup some of the draft capital they lost in the initial Harden trade or something. Uh, but yeah, I think off-season, not this trade deadline. I tend to think that might have been uh, Sham's you know, kicking the bucket, putting some chum in the water <clears throat> on behalf of Simo and uh, and Clutch. Anyway, a couple of uh, NBA ones. Brad McKeegan, Jimmy, yeah, nah, does a stat line like Joe Luol, uh, Joe Luol Akul uh, catch the attention of NBA scouts? Or are they more worried about what he can do in short bursts as it's more relevant to the role he plays in the NBA? Yeah, nah, he drops 26 and 21 on the weekend. It was a bloody good game. Uh, but I think it's more the sum of your work rather than individual stat lines uh, that'll catch the attention of NBA scouts. Like, as long as he's sort of doing that on the reg and as long as he's, you know, staying healthy and looking good, then that'll perk the eye. But a 26-21 doesn't fucking hurt, <laughs> you know? Jeez, some of the highlights from that game were insane. Uh, but yeah, I kind of love it because it is games like that where you're like, oh, watch out. You can see just the sheer fucking talent there. So, uh, Speaking of which, Luke Fragona. Yeah, nah, does Luke Travers get drafted this year? Luke Travers over there for the Perth Wildcats. What do you have, like 24 or something on the weekend? 24-7-4. Uh, yeah, nah. Well, he's in the top 100 of prospects. And... This sort of turns into the Joe Luola Cool one, right? It's like what catches the eyes becomes like a uh, not so much of a standout game kind of vibe, but it's more about what is he? He's 20. It becomes more about like what's his potential if he plays more? Uh, what are the flashes we're seeing? 
Similar to Giddy, right? Like, Giddy wasn't actually fucking burning the house down, really, for the NBL last year. But also, he was only fucking 18. <laughs> so, well, Travis was like a uh, del- uh, developmental player or whatever last year, right? Uh, does he get drafted? It's probably a little bit too early to say. Like, if I had to go, yeah, nah, I'd probably say, yeah. Like, someone might take a uh, flyer on him in the second round and keep him in the NBL as a draft and stash. I just love his fucking hair. Like, so I'd, I want Travis to get drafted because he's got fucking sick hair. Uh, right. All that said about James Harden, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I did think Harden could turn this season around, right? But the way that he's like, oh, my hand. Oh, my hammy. I'd be shitting it if I was Sean Marks. <laughs> like, that feels like Houston, James Harden. Like, one foot out the fucking door, James Harden. Um, because I do think, like, the only way the Nets are winning a title this year is with Harden, Kyrie, and KD. I think if you bring in Simo at the trade deadline, I think it would be pretty fucking difficult with Kyrie still as a part-time player to go, right, well, Simo's going to fix all our fucking worries, you know? Um, whereas if they do get Harden back healthy, KD comes back from his knee, and Kyrie eventually can maybe play, I think... They still have a crack, but geez. But I think the unpopular opinion is really, it sort of comes down to this simple idea of like Kyrie being a giant fuckwit, right? Because for all the shit that Daryl Morey cops about like wasting a year a year of Joel Embiid's prime, which is completely warranted, like a fuck ton of blame and shit should also still be being thrown at Kyrie, right? For being a giant fuckwit and potentially wasting like, what, a year of the late prime of KD and Harden? Like these two dudes who are like, dude, we came here to win and you're piss farting about not getting a fucking vaccine that we've all gotten, you idiot. Pull your fucking head in. I don't have that much time to win a fucking title if I'm James Harden. Like you're seeing it here and there now, right? What a wanker. So yeah, Kyrie should be getting way more shit than he is. And uh, as much like shit that Moray cops for like wasting a Sixers year with Embiid maybe... Kyrie should be copying it as well. And it's weird that he doesn't. Anyway, Outback Takehouse. It's Monday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. On the drive over, we hid an echidna. So guess what's on the specials board today? Well, it's the self-serve fucking appetizer. It's got its built-in sticks. You roast that bugger up and boom, tastes delicious. And it's only at Outback. And today's flame girl take is, fuck it, the Nets should trade both Harden and Kyrie because any team with Kyrie on it is going to be a fucking mess. Meanwhile, Harden very clearly wants to be in Philly. So the only smart thing for Sean Marks to do is to cut bait, go get Brad Beal, go get the Suvlaki King and win the fucking title. Only at Outback. <laughs> I don't know if that wins you the title. It would be fun. Anyway, Australian player watch right after this one. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Uh, Australian player watch. A couple of uh, tough losses for Paddy on the weekend. Uh, 11 points against Utah, 4 of 9 from the floor. He went 3 of 7 from 3. So the threes are going all right. It's just on the road, you're sort of seeing it, right? Like uh, the weird sort of mix and match play style of the Nets when Kyrie's out there versus when Harden's there and... I don't know, man. It sort of leaves the rest of the team by the wayside, which is a uh, recurring theme in both Kyrie and Harden's former teams. Uh, but one rebound, one assist, and then the loss to Denver. Patty had 14 points. That came on 14 shots. He hit five of those. He went four of 12 from downtown. So of the 14 shots, he took 12 from outside. Uh, four rebounds, two assists, and two steals as well. Uh, Matty T, he sat out the uh, game today against Chicago with a sore right shoulder. And in the loss against his buddy, Josh Greeny Green, Matty T uh, had six points. He had one rebound, one assist, one steal, and a block as well. He went two of four from the floor, one of which was a triple. So that's good. One of three from downtown. One of three at the free throw line. And I'll tell you what, watching Matty T and watching Josh Green, like you just want their threes to go in all the time. And when it does, you're like, oh, that's nice. It's such a relief. I just wish it had happened more for both of them. Uh, speaking of which, Josh Green and that win over Philly, 18 minutes... Zero points. <laughs> he went 0 for 1. That was a 3. But he did have 7 rebounds 
and an assist. And then today, he was really good against Atlanta today. 23 points. He had nine rebounds, six rebounds. Ah, sorry. Nine points. Jesus, Jimmy. Sort yourself out. All the uh, coffee coffee from today is making me not able to spaketh. Uh, nine points, six rebounds, one assist, three steals and a block. He was everywhere. He also had two turnovers. He went three of ten from the floor, one of three from three, one of which was a big one, one of three from three, and two of two at the line. So good bounce back for Greeny. Again, though, you just want to see a couple of those extra shots go in. Giddy up in the win over Portland. Our man, Josh Giddy, the mop top mumba. 16 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. He was awesome in that game. He had a steal as well. Shot seven of 15, two of six from downtown. And then sets a new career high in that loss against Sacramento. 24 points. He had 10 of 19 shooting from the floor. One of five from downtown. Three of five at the line. Eight assists. Four rebounds. You love to see it. Giddy up! 24-point career high. Love it. Uh, hashtag mopped up mumba. And uh, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau. Copter did not play coach's decision against the Rockets. Uh, didn't dress. So, yeah. Not even on the uh, scorecard. Tough scenes. Going to try to figure out what's going on there. All right, let's do the Andrew Gaze Grand Mumba Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It's the first and Andrew Gaze Grand Mumba Clap it up. There you go. Uh, there's just a quick honourable mention goes to DeMar. He was awesome against the Sixers. 45 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. He shot 18 of 30. Unbelievable. 9 of 11 at the line. Uh, but this one's going to go to the Joker because he kind of keeps winning them because he's fucking incredible. As I mentioned earlier, 25, 12, and 9 against the Pelicans. He shot 7 of 10 from the floor and then backs it up with a big win against the Nets today. 27, 12, and 10. 12 of 15 from the floor. Unbelievable. Just incredible stats. Incredible. uh, I mean, we talk about Luka with the double, triple doubles, but the way Joker just accumulates and wins is awesome. Uh, The crazy part is the true shooting percentage. And, like, Joker is just so skilled on the offensive end that it's insane. So uh, the list of folks who have uh, finished a season with 25-plus points a game and over 65% true shooting which is one of those nerd stats. Uh, Joker missed out. Uh, he had, what, 26, but he averaged 64.7, so like 0.3 of a percent underneath the cutoff. This year, however, he's averaging 26 points a game on 66.2% true shooting. So the list of people who finished the season doing that, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Charles Barkley, Adrian Dantley, Amari Stoudemire, and Kevin McHale. Holy shit. The murderers, right? Uh, the cool part was, with it all, though, Joker's also just joined Wilt as the only players with multiple 25-point triple-doubles on 80% shooting. Ever. It's insane. <laughs> so good. Uh, that's, yeah, when he had the uh, 27, 12, and 10. Uh, he's got, what, 14 triple-doubles this year so far, so far, and he's at 71 for his career. So he's only seven away from uh, tying Wilt for six all-time behind Rusty Westbrook, the big O. Magic J-Kid LeBron. Unbelievable. Tell you what, Nikola Jokic can play. Right, Patty Mills Game Day. Well, I gave it a Twitter check-in. It's not a Patty Mills one, but it's an inspiring one. No less. Because this one was from Aaron Bangers Baines today. Hanging with the family. Working on a children's book. Looking into NFTs. Few rehab interests to keep me busy. Ah, I just love to hear anything from Bangers. That's fucking awesome, isn't it? I just get excited every time I get the notification of Aaron Baines has just tweeted. So, yes! Let's fucking go, bangers! All right. The game previews for tomorrow, however. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How was your weekend? Oh, I was great. Had a mate's 40th. Uh, hung out. Uh, the squid and I went to the pool. Yeah, had a fucking whale of a time. Beautiful day for it, so. And, uh, yeah, good times all around. Uh, right. Did great on the picks on the weekend too. 14 of 28 over the weekend. Absolutely smashed it on uh, Saturday. I think we went, what, 5 of 6 or something like that. Um, And then today, actually uh, nailed 5 of 8 today, 5 of 6 Sunday. And uh, of the 9 on Saturday, I think we went only 4 for 9. But I, (laughs) hilariously enough, I think I'd pick Philly on Friday's game. 
uh, for Saturday's game, rather. Uh, yeah, on Friday's show, I picked Philly, but then put money on Dallas because I don't trust myself, apparently, and that worked out. So, uh, yeah, but either way, pretty good weekend. You'll take that. Uh, tomorrow, we've only got the five games. Oh, so for this season, that leaves us at 455 correct picks of 793, which is bloody good, man. Uh, tomorrow, we've got five games. We've got Toronto at Charlotte, which actually is a pretty big game for both, right? Like, Charlotte on a bit of a slide. Toronto maybe re-upping, feeling good about themselves. The Hornets are half-point favorites at home. And I still don't know where I land on this one. I'm just going to have to go with Charlotte and think that they can maybe turn it around. But the weapons that Toronto have and the way they've been playing lately, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to have to go to Toronto. Can't do it. I can't go against the way the Raptors have been playing of late. He's got so many weapons. Siakam, OG, and there's like no one on Charlotte with the size to really punish them. So let's go Hornets. Miami, they go to Washington. Uh, This was a four and a half point line for Miami. I'm going to take that uh, because the Wiz suck and Miami are good. Pretty simple stuff. Phoenix, Chicago. This is such a good game. The Bulls are five and a half uh, point underdogs at home. I'm going to go the Bulls. I think Aiton versus Vooch should be really good. I think this can be a really close game. Uh, the Suns might still win it, but I think the Bulls can uh, at least cover the five and a half. Golden State at OKC. All OKC do is, uh, do is play teams tough. I'm going to take OKC plus 11 and a half, even against the Warriors team that is uh, you know, a bit of a flamethrower. But I'll take the Thunder plus 11 and a half. Even that SGA, they just sneak up on you. So Golden State will probably win this by eight or ten in the Thunder cover. And the last one, the Knickerbockers of New York City against the Utah Yaz. It's a soft J. The Yaz are seven and a half point favorites against the Knicks. And the Knicks will make you look like an idiot for picking them. So I might have to go the Yaz minus seven and a half. And then, yeah, the Knicks will either win this and make me look like an idiot. Or if you pick them, they'll get their asses kicked. And you're like, oh, why did I pick the Knicks? (laughs) That's just how it goes. Prove me wrong, Knicks fans. Prove me wrong. All right, that's it for today. We'll wrap up all those games for you tomorrow and all the other craziness as the trade deadline gets closer. It's going to be fucking chaos this week, so exciting times. Anyway, uh, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IGs, we're all over the socials. Get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz chopping it up each week about NFL. This week is our big Super Bowl preview show. It's going to be fun on the bun, so make sure you subscribe to that. And go check out World Wrestling Australia with Adam over on YouTube. Uh, he's going to be doing, you know, the big events this year. It's always great. World Wrestling Australia kicks ass, so go check it out on YouTube. Follow FWCIE on Twitter as well. Uh, get around NBAstraight.com slash shop. Shop. That's right. Shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Or you can just click on the pictures on the facey, whatever. Uh, check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code Straya and get 20% off and free shipping. Oh, yeah. Do that right now. Uh, TheDailyLicker.com, as I mentioned earlier. Use that code Stray, get a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos XPA. Love it. That's from Melbourne, metro area. Be over 18. Drink responsibly. Knowable. Download that up from your app store. Bang in the code Stray and get 20% off and get smart today. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. But also big thanks all the way through the episode you heard. Joshua Delorentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers. They're all awesome. Go smash them on Bandcamp, Triple J on Earth, Apple Music, whatever. How you listening to your tunes? NBA Australia Sports Australian Bands. So should you. And let's close out today's show with a brand new Giddy Review. And we'll catch up. What is it? A uh, Giddily Positive Giddy Review for Giddily Positive People with Josh Giddy. Yeah, should be great. And we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. All right, this is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, who's Josh Giddy here, uh, just finally getting a bit of a time to do my latest Giddily Positive review for Giddily Positive People with Josh Giddy. And uh, yeah, look, hey, all you guys out there, like, I hope you appreciate these because, like, big thanks to my friend Dally for filling in for me here and there as well. But, you know, it's just like life in the NBA is, like, pretty hectic. 
Uh, you know, I've got a lot of time spent on my hair as well. So it's like sometimes you want to watch a movie, but sometimes you're like, oh, fuck, I've got to brush my... Sorry, I shouldn't swear. I've got to brush my hair. And, yeah, you just run out of time. So, yeah, a few crazy weeks. I've had some big ups and downs. Uh, but, I mean, I did set a new career high the other day, but that's, that's sort of beside the point because... Yeah, like the game before, we beat Portland. And look, if we get a win, I just I don't really care what my stats are. I'm just out here trying to help the boys get a win, you know. It's just the way I was brought up and it's the way I play. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, for the pop culture review, the Giddily Positive review for you this week, um, on the team playing the other day, I managed to finally watch that new James Bond movie, uh, No Time to Die. And yeah, like no spoilers or anything, but... It was probably one of the best put-together Bonds I've seen for, like, ages. Like, I really love Daniel Craig in this one. Kind of, like, the sort of perfect capper to his run as James Bond. And I really enjoyed it. He's kind of, like, just that old and grisly and angry kind of Bond now. And, like, the array of characters they had in this one were really nuanced and really fun. And, like, you really got emotionally invested in it all. And it was, like, a really fun villain. And a really couple of big twists and stuff. So, yeah, like really fun aspect to it all that I sort of found lacking in a lot of, in a few of the old later Bonds, you know? So, yeah, I think I'm rambling here, but, like, lots of great action, great acting, super fun set pieces and bits that'll make you go, oh, wow, in amazement. Uh, like, you know, the first time I ever played, like, GoldenEye and the Nintendo 64, same vibe. So, yeah, I think No Time to Die gets about 24 out of 10 giddy-ups uh, from me. Not just in honour of the 24 that I scored the other day, but because it's about 24 times better than I expected. So, yeah, haha, good one. Okay, so that's it for this week. I've been Josh Giddy, and this has been Giddily Positive Pop Culture Reviews for Giddily Positive People with Josh Giddy, and I've been Josh Giddy. Giddy up! Oh, yeah.